<sighs> yeah. We on? I think so. Mm. W- weren't we supposed to get a new doily? We were. What happened to the big one? We didn't get it. Oh, your shit. Sold it. Is it on? Hit it. Podcast? Podcast. Podcast. Are we doing a podcast? Where's Sushi Mango? When I was your age, I was Samaya. Oh, you bastard. Ah, you like it, my salami, yeah? Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs Podcast. A podcast not about meatballs. Why do we call it that? I hate it. It's just stupid. Or a red start. Don't be shit. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Enjoy the podcast. A podcast. Hello. I'll tell you what. Ooh. Good morning. Is What's it morning that? or afternoon? Was that, were you just drinking into the... You're that, gurgling. That's good. You like it? Good to, do, good to drink that. You need nourishment. No, you do. That's you hydration. Not hydration. Not, 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 not nourishment. That's hydration. Apparently, apparently, isn't the water, we've discussed this already, What? like 60, 70% of your body. We've dis- you know what? We've got three things we've discussed in this part. Water. Water. Helmets, food. Helmets, food. And helmets, and helmets, helmets when you skydive. <laughs> skydive. <laughs> That's all we discussed. That's the same all we discussed. We, the just, same we, just, we just changed the, the, the question a little bit. Hopefully, the, the audience doesn't <laughs> pick up on it. It's interesting to an event. Yeah. You know what else is 60 to 70% <clears throat> water? water? Watermelon. Do you know that? I fucking love watermelon. It's good. I love watermelon. I don't mind a piece of watermelon. Then when you get a nice, sweet watermelon. Moist. Oh, love it. Love it. Chilled. Love it. Fridge. What's actually in water? Like, is nutritional value? What's in it? Nothing. Water and melon. No, seriously, what's what, what's in it? It's high in fructose. Fructose. I know that for sure. Has it got vitamin B, C? Our F. Mm. This is a good discussion. Yeah. yeah. We've got a good uh, guest here. Please well, roll a tape. He might know. We don't know it. He might know it. Guy. Today we have a pioneer in his industry, a man who has been instrumental in bringing fitness and bodybuilding to the masses. Not only a spokesman for the fitness industry, but a front man during COVID lockdowns for gyms reopening all across the country. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome the co-founder of the Arnold Classic Australia, and a man who has seen more muscles than a seafood restaurant, Tony Doherty. Yeah! Hey! Finally. Finally. Uh? <laughs> Made it happen. Uh? Finally. Yeah. How you doing? I'm, I'm great. Yeah, good to be here. Had to send you away last week because I had some bad prawns and vomited <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> you look shit. I thought you How bad do I look? Bad. I don't know if you're grey or green, but yeah. I'm like... The best part about it, Tony, was when we were having the prawns, he was like, mm, these prawns are good. Can't a few more, please? <laughs> he ordered seconds. He ordered another round. I ordered yeah. two rounds of prawns. I, I, so I had egg, salmon. I was doing the carnival thing at the time. Egg, right. salmon and prawns. And I liked the prawns so much that I said, give me another round, another four prawns. And I ate them. And as I was walking back, I was like, yes, ooh. Mm. No, I, I don't think it was the prawns though, man. What do you reckon I think it was? it was the salmon. The you, salmon didn't smell no, because you said, salmon smells a bit. Is <laughs> 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 this... Smells, salmon smells a bit fishy. <laughs> and we were like, no, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. But I kept burping up the prawns. Anyway, we're talking about, hey, what's, what's going on? Sorry about that. Sorry to turn you away last week yeah, and we're man. glad you're here. Trying to make this happen for how long? Oh, man. You've just been busy getting back into things and stuff like that. So, yeah. And you just back on? from a trip from Fiji. You went, took a few days off and yeah. did a rest and recovery so for yourself. Better that I do it this week because I'm more relaxed than when I went yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready to kill someone now. I'm just like, whatever. But no, it was great. Good to get away. And um, you, know, just got, to, you got, you got in the car and went, that prawn eating motherfucker. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but... But he did look terrible, and I knew he wasn't putting yeah. it on because, man, I'm like, you should go to the toilet, stick your fingers down this uh, way because you're going to vomit in the car. Exactly. It's just, yeah, it was imminent. But, anyway. yeah, the trip was good? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah nice, just, man. Just a little bit of uh, out time because, you know, since the whole pandemic started, I haven't even had a day off. Mm. No time off. It's just been work, 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 work. And you sort of push yourself to the point where you go, I've got to do this right now. But during the <laughs> pandemic, you were like, 
working seven days a week. Yeah. Uh, like with the like a cafe, like a protein, uh, wasn't it a protein well, bar or something well, came, outside yeah. your- That came later. So the first um, two lockdowns, we did a complete renovation of the gyms and pulled them to bits and did all the stuff you never get a chance to do, being open 24 hours a day for 20 years. Yeah. And um, we'd never shut the doors, you know, didn't have any keys, all that sort of thing. Mm. And so we got to, you know, put some insulation in and polish the concrete floors and move the equipment into better spots. And, you know, it was okay. It wasn't bad. And then the third one, the fourth one. Every time you opened, you're like, ah, ready to go. Right. The next week, you're like, fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys were keeping me entertained. But then um, that last long one last year, like it was the sixth one, you know. Yeah. 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 And I thought, I'm going to go broke. You know, I've been doing this all my life and we're seriously up against the wall. What can I do? And I always have a saying to focus on what you can do, not what you can't do. Mm. I thought, well, so when the whole thing started, I made it like a deal with me to go to work every day to keep my routine. To get up at 6 or 6.30 whenever I get up, go to the gym, even though there was no one there. Yeah, yeah. And just hang out there all day because I couldn't just sit in the apartment. I would have gone completely mad. Yeah. I was already mad, but I thought I can't push this any further. Mm, so yeah. I got up and went in every day. And the last long lockdown, which, which was last winter, I thought, you know what I can do? I can slide up a window at the front of the gym and sell coffees and protein shakes because we always had cafes in the gyms and meals and you know our merch and that sort of thing. And because of all the media I'd been doing, we had mm. a lot of support. And I thought, well, then I can talk to people, maybe even help people, maybe even encourage people, you know, to keep mm. going, that sort of thing. So I put up a post on Instagram and I opened the window and it went nuts. It was really, really good and it kept me occupied. I did uh, 63 12-hour days straight. Wow. No staff, no help, nothing. Seven days a week I just said, you know, I'm not going to have one day from doing this until this is over. Because what if someone was to drive from the other side of town, yeah. from Furniture mm. Gully or Ringwood or somewhere to support me, and I've said, oh, this is too hot, I'll shut the window. So, yeah. Uh, and it was freezing, it was the middle of winter, but I just thought, you know, this will help me to cope yep. and help other people to see a bit of light. So I, I just did it. Yeah. And um, Well, and that, it's interesting you say that because you were, the content that you were putting out was really positive. You know, I'd watch it. And you'd be at the window, you'd be come down and you'd have people there and it was like a community coming down. It's like an outlet because people could go and get a coffee, right? You'd be there with a, with a protein shake or a coffee in the morning. You'd have people there and you'd be, you'd be a positive message in, in, your, in all your stories and stuff like that. So you became like a bit of a, you know, a, a, a positive outlet during that time, you know? Yeah, was, well, I, I just nice. thought, you know, like with gyms, what people don't realise, most people go there because <coughs> that's their outlet. That's the way they cope. And a big part of that is a community, particularly the sort of gyms I've got where it's like the most important thing in anyone's life or they're going through a shit time or, you know, they might not have any mates or they're in a bad marriage or they get bullied at work or they're struggling at school or whatever. But I think when I get to the gym, everything will be okay and I'll see the same guys I see all the time and that sort of thing. So, that, well, I can't stop them from meeting out the front and having a coffee. So mm. I try to encourage that bit of community and then I'll get a few other guys who knew were struggling. I say, why don't you all come down, say, 10 o'clock tomorrow? Mm. And they'd stay for like two hours. Yeah buy a bunch of coffees or buy them a coffee or whatever. And then we put a sign up and said, if you can't afford a coffee, just come and have a free one. Like it's a coffee. Mm. Yeah. And then we had people doing that. And that that kind of um, gave us even more support. Because people said, shit, you're going yeah. through hell. Yeah. You're still talking yeah, out yeah. for other people. And I just thought, well, if I could shine a little bit of light 
and it could make even you know, a difference to one person or a yeah. hundred people. Yeah, I'll just absolutely. do it. Well, yeah. you were doing that. I was looking at, how's this guy so positive? Every time I look at his story, it was so positive and it would come through, you know? Yeah, yeah. One it of the most admirable things I thought is you're putting posts of you mopping and sweeping the gyms and saying lead by example. And that's really the way, you, for instance, a mantra of your life, right, is to live by yeah, yeah. live by example, get up and do the hard yards and never never think you're too good for... Yeah, for I, I just think that if you've got staff, or if you're running a big organisation, you should um, never expect someone to do something you wouldn't do yourself. Yep. Yeah. So if someone spews or makes a mess or whatever, I always try and be the first one to get the mop because then I think when yeah, I'm that's not... interesting. When I'm always I'm the last if that happens then. Someone spews it. Well, most people... Most people someone like you last week. But, 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 the problem, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but the psychology of that is that, that when I'm not there, I know the staff will fight over who's going to get to mopping. Tony's yeah. not here. I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. And I just think that you should lead like that. You just don't be too good for anything. Absolutely. I lead with being the funniest in the group. You see. He also leads by and being the least, least, least attractive. He leads by uh, being the fattest head in the group. You know, yeah. so, so, I didn't want to say that. I lead, I lead large, that way but, uh, and then they just follow. Head he's got. Um, the biggest head by far. Yeah. Mm. No, well, that's, 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 that's true. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> um, it's almost you guys copped at the worst. You were the first to shut down, last to reopen, right? 365 yeah, days. 367. 367. Not that you were counting or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, and then when I started sort of being a voice for the industry and doing all the media, I thought, well, look at me. They're just going to think I'm going to tell them I want to kill them or, you know, this guy's just going to yeah. go off and say how fucked it is. So I thought if I could just remain articulate stick to the facts, stay positive, and talk about mental health. Because mm. mm -hmm. if I had talked about, oh, we're losing money, oh, the economy, or everyone's, you know, their muscles are deflating, no, no, no one cares. No one gives a shit. It's just yeah. what they're expecting. Oh, they can't go to the gym and take a selfie. Poor but you. But what you were mm. saying wasn't wasn't not true. It was well, true. It was, it was all true. But, but, but for us to get listened to, we mm. had to really, really push that. And Because they're not aware, mm. right, these people that make the rules, that mm. this is the little bit of thread that holds someone's life together. What, well, what, what's what, the, what, what was it? Honestly, what was the actual... Uh, what was their reasoning? What's their reasoning well, you for know, it? It's, it's very interesting because I, I actually um, questioned them and I helped to write like the, the safety guide, you know, like the COVID uh, um, uh, safety plan for the gym industry and all that sort of thing. And we kept asking um, uh, Brett Sutton and Alan Chen, you know, the, the chief health officers and assistants, what are you basing your stats on? And they couldn't answer. And then they come out at press conference, they just make shit up. Mm. And they'd say, oh, you know, there was an outbreak at a gym in the, down near Berwick or somewhere. So we looked into it. It wasn't even a gym. It was a guy that did MMA in his backyard and had, like, families all came and hung out together for barbecue and sleepovers. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, So yeah. it wasn't a registered gym where they could track. And they said, the government, we've got the best tracing system in the world because when you come to the gym, I can say, you know, Carlo was there at 4, four a.m. Precisely, four, four yeah. Plus you've got cameras left, as well. Cameras, everything. And, and we've had hand sanitizer in our gyms for 14 years. Yeah, exactly months. Like, right. Okay. We've yep. always told people to wipe things wipe down. Things like, down. We're, I'd say to them, we're in the sweat business. Why don't you learn from us? We're in the tracing business. Why don't you learn from us? Mm. And they wouldn't listen. Anyway, towards the end, I said, well, look, maybe we should just take a legal course with this and ask you to present in court the facts that you're basing this on because by then I'd collected through a group called Vic Active that I'm a part of um, that we'd collected all this data of all the check-ins after we'd opened each time. So from the fifth to sixth lockdown, whatever it was, there was like 6.4 million Victorians checked into gyms, not one case of community transmission. So I had the stats. Right. And I'm like, well, you bring your stats and I'll bring my stats yep. and let's see how it goes. Then I started talking to a few of the government advisors. I felt like we're getting somewhere. And I said, what do you want before you go you know, crazy legally? 
We didn't threaten them. We just said, well, what do you want yeah. to do? Yeah. Oh, let's do that. Right. Well, the evidence is here. Right. The um, evidence is here. You know, make them an offer they couldn't They couldn't refuse. Accept, oh, actually, yeah. You know, because yeah. I said they didn't want to. Imagine someone like me beating the government in court because I've got facts and they're talking shit. And exactly. this is what it came down to. Mm. I said, what do you want? I said, we want to open the same day as hospitality and retail. Well, oh, that's not that's, that's not it. an outlandish request. No. That's it. That's perfectly a, a, reasonable. Nothing more, nothing less. And because seven million dollars. You fucked us over. Yeah, you fucked us over every single time. So for the last two lockdowns, I actually got a message. You know, I won't say from which minister, but I actually got a message directly saying, "Before you kick off, just watch tomorrow morning's press conference." Okay. And then the, the minister for health came and said, "And before we go any further, I'd like to concede that gyms are not." a hotbed of transmission, and they will open the same day as retail and hospitality. So I took that as a real win. I'm like, that's you know what? Yeah, huge um, to anyone, it's nothing, but for our members and the people that need it, it's like that's all we ask for. Listen, we have to make mention that you were at a considerable financial loss throughout all this, and you remained very positive throughout that, and we commend you for that, mate, for Commended. being an advocate and a spokesperson Commended. for all those people out there who were Much struggling committed. with it. Uh, the correlation between mental, uh, physical uh, health and 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 uh, so physical activity and mental health isn't spoken about enough. So I commend you. We all commend you for your efforts, mate. And there's Thank a correlation and commending, <laughs> and we can commend and correlate together. So, <laughs> Thanks, man. So, I appreciate it. So <laughs> how did how, like how did it start? How did you start with the gyms? Yeah. Well, you know, when I was uh, at school as a kid, um, you know, I never I never sort of bought the dream they were selling. They're like, we've got to be an accountant or a school teacher or work at a bank. I'm like, fuck that. Mm -mm. You. you like I just knew from really early on, I just didn't. Want, I wasn't buying into it. Didn't really fit in with school. Um, it was funny. Arnold come on TV, and he was promoting a book called The Education of a Bodybuilder. And I was about, I guess, about to turn fourteen, I think. And I'm watching the TV with my dad, and I'm. I said, "What's that stuff in his arm? Because the veins, he had these like <laughs> hoses." I'm like, "Wow, can anyone look like that?" And Dad said, "Well, probably. You know, like research it and." find out but join the gym, maybe eat, stop eating so much shit and <laughs> get into it. And, you know, so I, I bought that book and I read it till it fell to pieces, you know, and I read it and read it read it. And I'm like, he's my hero. I, I'd love to meet him one day, but I want to be a gym owner, a bodybuilder and a promoter from that time. So I had this really clear vision and I had a great passion for it. So, and I figured out a way to get a job in the gym and then I figured out a way to start bodybuilding myself and then I got a chance to start running all the shows and, I just kind of always set things up. I like I have a dream, I have a vision, and I go after it. And um, you know, it, some, you have, it just takes a long time sometimes. Did you yeah. have a vision of being a working on a prawn trawler at some point of your in your life? You, I, 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 hear, I hear that you worked on a prawn trawler. Well, that did come up last at week. Some when someone had, <laughs> had experience with prawns. So, so when I, when, I, when I first left school, I was yeah, yeah well, shit. When I first left home and bailed, I was seventeen and. Um, I went and uh, picked grapes in Mildura. Hey, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah, Shout out to our friends in Mildura. Yeah, yeah, just hung out with all the wogs, started yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And then, uh, you know, I, I had a mate there and we, we went down to Adelaide for a couple of weeks and bought a shit box. It was a, a $300 car, this old hold. Neither of us had a license and we drove all the way from Adelaide to Cairns. Wow, okay. Non Unlicensed? That's good. Yep. How um, was that? That's amazing. We don't, condone, we don't condone that kind of behaviour here at Sushi Mango. You know, nevertheless, it was a long <laughs> time ago. What was it? You, know, you drive a car with unlicensed. Unlicensed. Oh, oh wow. And, you know, and, and but you then, could do that in those days. You could. And back yeah. then, like, you had to be 18 to have your licence in Victoria, but only 17 in Queensland. And also they'd brought in this rule that you could only ride a small motorcycle, like 250cc, but they hadn't brought in in Queensland. So I'm like, well, let's get this car. We'll drive to Queensland. We'll get our licence. It's legit. And then when I go back, I can ride it, big motorbikes. That was because I had this love for motorbikes. right? So then we drove all the way up to Cairns. <clears throat> 
and we were literally staying in a tent in a caravan park eating bread because we had no money. And I'd go down to the wharf every morning and say, oh, any jobs? Because we heard there was all this work. There's no work. And I walked down one morning this guy goes, oh, this, this fucker never um, showed up. Um, he's fired. You can start tomorrow. Be here like five in the morning. So, okay. And, you know, we're drinking, carrying on as 17-year-old young travelling boys do. And uh, we go out for like six weeks at a time. And the thing is you couldn't spend any money. And you didn't have to pay rent or anything. You were fed. And then you get back and you'd have some money. And then you'd drink that and fucking party and carry on. And shit, I better go out to sea again. So I did that a few times. And I remember when I was out in the boat and the guys said to me, you're not made for this. What, 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 are you yeah. doing? what are you doing here? And I said, I'm going to be a bodybuilder and a promoter and a gym owner. Foom! And fucking hit in the face with an octopus on the fish. <laughs> <laughs> fat idiot, what are you talking about? You know, true story. Because octopuses don't have any teeth and you put your hand in their mouth and you throw it like this and they're like a missile. The legs <laughs> and when they hit you on the neck, then all the tentacles go around and you've got to pull one off and another one goes back. <laughs> I don't know about Into you guys. Piss. I got hit. My parents threw many things, but never an octopus at me. Did you ever no, get an octopus thrown uh, at you? No, no I, I just got, got a shoe, a really broom. I just want some good octopus now. To be <laughs> and anyway, uh, you know, so I knew back. To, I just kept saying, "This is what I want to do. I don't care. I, I want to go through life and have a bit of fun on the way." But when I get my shit together, I want to do that, you know. And then, and then I started, you know, um, working in the gym, and eventually bought that gym and fucked that what up. What gym was it? It was called Plaza Fitness in Bendigo. Where I in grew Bendigo? Up. Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Bendigo. My oh, Bendigo. Folk, folks are still there. and We were there not long ago, Bendigo. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. You know, and, uh, and you know, I didn't know anything about business. So Did you change the name to, to, to Doherty's or did you keep it as... No, as at that stage I kept that one and stupidly got my mum and dad to put their house up so we could buy the business and I screwed it all up. You know, I was, oh, wow. I, I'm, I'm, and I'd started promoting bodybuilding in Melbourne made a bit of a name for myself, but I'd just outgrown this town, you know, and I'm just like... I've got to get out of here. I always wanted to get out of here, but I have to get out of here. So I packed up all my belongings, um, all the gym stuff, what I had left. I, I did a deal with a guy across the road. His rent had run out. He had a gym. I said, you can take over my gym. You just got to honour the members that have paid up front. I won't even charge you anything. I'm out of here. So I got a truckload of broken equipment, um, got a little warehouse in Brunswick, um, paid the first month rent. That's all I could scrape together. Opened it up with no members. Uh, and I thought, fuck, what am I going to call it? All right, I'll call it Doherty's Gym because it's my name. Yep. And they sort of knew my name through promoting these early bodybuilding contests in the late 80s. So this is 1994. So we opened the first gym in Union Street in this little warehouse. And um, you know, I didn't have no money. I had a, a, a duffel bag with my shoes and stuff and a couple of garbage bags with my clothes. You didn't even have treadmills in that gym, right? Is that the not, one? Not when I first opened, yeah. no. No, we, we ended up getting a couple later on. But And I, I honestly had th um, three possessions in the world. I had a, a, a couch. I had a, a vertical grill. Remember the old yeah, – of course you did. You know, the yeah. ones that look like a toast yeah, 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 yeah. I had a vertical grill, a rice a rice cooker and a couch, not even a tally. So A little bit of carbs, protein and then rest. At this stage, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm 30 years old. I'm homeless. I've got no cars. Oh, far out. You know, one went for the power bill. One I traded for a lap pull down. Um, uh, and nowhere to live. So what I do, I slept on the couch at the gym for like a year. So what I do, right, I thought, fuck them. I'm not going to um, – I've got my <laughs> dignity kind of. But uh, what I'm going to do is not tell anyone. I'm not going to tell a soul. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to whinge. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to work, right? So I developed this kind of mindset of just get up every day, put one foot in front of the other, fuck it. So what I do, we'd, because we weren't 24 hours then, so we'd open at 6 in the morning till 10 at night. So get up off the couch at like 5, 5.30, have a shower because we had a shower at the gym and I'd go up to 
uh, Sydney Road and I'd get um, a cup of coffee from McDonald's and I'd get a newspaper from the newsagent next door and I'd come back and there'd be people out the front they have the newspaper on the mic. Like as if you oh, 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 arriving. Oh, oh. So it looked like I'd come from somewhere and I'd go, oh, <laughs> those smelly buses on the tram. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no shit. I thought it was pretty funny. And I'd open up this big gate. Then I'd, st- I'd work right through. I had no staff, so I'd work through till 10 at night and you know, cook everything in the vertical grill and the rice cooker and, you know, on a good day be steak or chicken and a shit day to be tuna out of the, the black and gold tuna, uh, not the good one. Yeah, yeah. And just kept doing it. And so what did you do when people did the – You'd have to walk out of the gym, right? Yes, and right in the and car park. And the worst thing was, like, because it was Brunswick, it was so 1994 in, in Brunswick, it was like very ethnic. So yeah. the, the Lebs and Greeks and the Tans all stand at the front and tell bouncer stories. Or slayed the chicks, might have <laughs> bashed his cunt. You know, fucking, and so I'd, I'd, I'd hang around, you know, and then fucking smoke a joint or a cigarette or whatever. So I'd see you guys, so I'd lock up the. I'll go over to the car park and I'll be on a tree. Jesus. <laughs> 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 still catching you like this behind the tree <laughs> in the rain? Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Because oh, I wow. didn't want to tell anyone. Oh, so, so you did that for a, for a full year, you did Yeah, pretty that. much a whole year. Yeah. And then, um, uh, yeah. And just kept doing it. And, yeah. um, you know, then when I could afford a part timer, I got a part timer in and so on. And then four years later, we kind of outgrew that gym and moved to Western Street. And that's where we started the. The Delhi's 24-7. We're the only 24-hour gym in Australia. And, of course, everything I've ever done, people say, oh, it can't work, you're going to fail. I'm like, fuck, here we go again. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I did that, I was like, well, 24-hour gym, who's going to go? I'm like, pilots, waiters, nurses, doctors, strippers, bouncers. Like, a lot of people work at night, you know? Yeah. Um, hospitality people particularly. And finish you were the first. It was the only one. There'd been one, but it had shut. So I was the only one in all of Australia. And everyone's like, who's going to fucking go? Well, admittedly, I mean... Now they're on every it, corner. It sounded even to me like, and I'm a gym guy, that that's a ridiculous concept, but you, you pulled it off. Oh, right. it's you, such a good... Yeah. It's, good it's oh, amazing, yeah. you know what I mean? It's so like, what we did, we said, we're always going to be staffed. Everyone said, you can't be serious. You, you're going to shut for Christmas or Easter? I'm like, no, no, no. You don't get it. I said, Christmas Day is the loneliest fucking day in the world. What sort of prick would you be to be closed on Christmas Day where the people with no family, no friends, have got nowhere to go, oh, and the gym's shut? I'm like, no, we're not going to fucking shut. And people say, what do you mean you're not going to shut? So I got the keys and I threw them as far as I could. And we never, ever, until the first lockdown, <laughs> never, never needed the keys. So <laughs> when, when I put those keys <laughs> When your mate, uh, what's his name, Scott Morrison, yeah. came on TV... 12 noon tomorrow, all gyms close. Oh, oh, anything no, else? No, Fuck. No, I've no, just done my shirt, you know, on, on the expo because we worked on it for a year. I had eight, eight staff on for a year. You lost a bit of money on that, didn't you? Like, just over 800 grand. Wow. Because oh, geez, just straight just, up. Because just a little bit. Just so a little we got the money back for the venue, but I'd had eight staff on. I paid for all the advertising, billboards, street posters, oh, tri- triple M ads. Oh everything had been done. God. We'd spent it. You don't get it back. There's nothing. They nothing. Could, nothing could be done? Nothing, man. And it was six Did days Did you try out. calling Scott Morrison? I didn't have his number. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, and, 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 and the, 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 he did a national thing with the gyms, but then it sort of got state by state. Oh, anyway, fuck it. Like, Shit, what am I going to do? Oh, fucking locksmith. So I ring this guy. I'm like, have you heard about what's happening tomorrow? He goes, no. I go, how much to change it? To- <laughs> <laughs> he said, like 200. I go, all right, I've got three gyms. We need you to come first thing tomorrow morning. And then, of course, the next day his price doubled. So, <laughs> so at just, least just, I had a little win. <laughs> you know, Jesus. you've got to find a little win. So at what point did you move into your pro shows? I mean, how did that, how did that progress when you started doing those? Well, I'd, I'd been promoting body, amateur bodybuilding shows. I'd been appointed like the promoter in Victoria. Um, shit, in my mid-20s, they took a chance on me. And, you know, I emceed some big shows in America. Right, yep. Um, the first big one was the Night of Champions 
it was I was 25 years old and this guy saw me MC a show in Australia and he's like, um, if you ever come to New York, you're going to MC my show. I'm like, I don't know, I'll get a ticket. So I went over there, rocked up. He goes, shit, you're really here. I'm like, yep, I'm here to MC your show. <laughs> and that uh, was on Broadway. It was at the Beacon Theatre on Broadway and I'm just this kid from the bush. Like literally, I was still living in Bendigo and, you know, oh, fuck. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to New York City. And off it went. Yeah, yeah, okay. G'day, g'day. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then um, you know, those people, so you should start a pro show in Australia. So 2001, I started the first Australian pro bodybuilding yep. show. Well, we bought out all the pros. That's that would that would that's not the Arnold's, right? That was no, pro, this turned pre- into the Arnold's. So it was yeah. pre-Arnold's. So 2001, but, but my vision was to turn this into an Arnold's one day. So I did it um, one week after Arnold's in Columbus, which yes. had been going for – 25 years at the time or something. It was ingen- it's actually very clever what you did. I, I was reading up on it. It's really, really clever what you did. It was there. A, it was a, there was a plan in yeah, place. Yeah. Even if it, <laughs> it fucked it up. It wasn't, least, more, it wasn't a fluke. <laughs> no, no, there's no flukes. I mean, you've got to, you've got to roll the dice and then you've just got to wait, wait for it. Like, you've got to believe in your vision and then, you know, just make it happen. So I saw how badly the athletes got treated at the shows and I thought, you know what, I had a team pick them up at the airport you know, and some of them just in beaters, old cars and stuff, and then we'd rent a minivan when things started to come good and this sort of shit. And then instead of putting them in a hotel, I'd put them in service departments and I'd have a whole lot of food in their rooms. But then when they'd land, this was the big one, we'd bring them to the gym, we'd have a barbecue out the front and we'd cook up. I knew what they wanted to eat. So we'd have chicken breast, we'd have steak, we'd have grilled fish, rice. we'd have sweet potato, we'd have rice and takeaway containers. Like, guys, take all the shit you want. Oh, wow, no one does this. No one in the world does this. And then I said, when we... Um, do the show and I, I got a lot of inspiration from the WWE and I ended up working with them I've worked with them a lot since then and got to know a lot of the top guys you know, um, Triple H and The Rock and all these John, C- John Cena's trained at our gyms dozens of times this sort of thing but I saw them early on and they do fireworks in between you know the guys coming out I thought why don't we do that in bodybuilding so it was our first pro show was at the John Batman Theatre which is where the World Trade Centre is before they built or around when they built Crown anyway so I'm like, can we do fireworks indoors again? No. And why? And it went back and forth for weeks. I'm like, fucking someone tell me why. And they go, well, you have to pay a fire warden, <laughs> you know, to turn off the fire alarms and to be there when you do these fireworks. Go, Is that it? Go, yeah, it's very expensive. How much? Like, I think it was like 280 or 300 bucks. Or- the whole reason I've all this resistance. That. I'm going to spend five grand on indoor pyrotechnics. I'm going to blow this shit up. And that's <laughs> it. So I, I never took no for an answer, right? So I just yeah. kept pushing it. It would have been easy to just go, oh, no, you can't do that, someone. So then the second year, everyone said, we'll fail and so on. And that and went on to be FitX, right? That went on to yeah, become, become FitX. FitX yeah. So FitX was like my way of doing an expo based on the Arnold Sports Festival in America. Yep. Knowing and at that point, Arnold had finished being governor of California in 2011. That's when he did the first FedEx. And he came out and he said, I'm going to do one of these in every continent in the world. Oh. I'm going to find one partner in each continent and we're going to take this global. And I'm like, I'm, it's me. What a story. I'm going right? to do this. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to <laughs> right back. In every continent across the world. Yeah, that's Take it everywhere. Take it everywhere. Right. But the thing is, I Can you say get w- to the chopper? Say it. Say it. Get to the chopper. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Right. <laughs> anyway, not the best I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep working on it. Anyway, sounds a bit French, to be honest. Yeah. But. Hey, get to the chop air. <laughs> and uh, so, so what happened? I knew that he wasn't going to do Australia first. So I thought I've got time now to build this product so that when he looks at Australia, I'm the only choice. I'm like, I'm going to work out who he's going to go to to ask about Australia. I'm going to get really close with them and make sure they know what I'm doing. So I went to his publicist. I went to the guy that ran bodybuilding in America. I went to his partner. So he asked three people. 
you know, what should I do when I go to Australia? And everyone said, Tony Doughty. There's no other choice. He's the so you top put of yourself the in a fucking winning position, right? You don't just go, oh, if I get lucky, there's no fucking luck. And I sat there and waited for the phone to ring, literally. Mm. Then I got invited to go to um, America, uh, to the Mr. Olympia to meet his team, and we did that. And they said, all right, um, it looks good. Then I brought Bob Lorimer, who was his partner. His father, Jim Lorimer, had started the whole thing with Arnold. And Jim's amazing. He's, in his, he's 95 now. He started the Arnold Classic when he turned 60. And it's just right. gone for 35 Jeez. years. Wow. So he's a remarkable man. So his son kind of took over and he said, well, I have to come to Melbourne and check out your facilities. And, of course, showed him Melbourne. The Australian Open was on at the time and, you know, he got to hold up the Tennis Cup because my security guys ran that and and so on. And, and, and he saw – we took him up the river and said, there's the MCG, there's the Aquatics, there's all these things – he said, there's no city in the world better suited to have an expo. The exhibition centre's on the river in the city. Like, yeah. everywhere else, yep. you've got buses and shit. Yeah. And um, he said, well, you're it, but you've just got to come and meet Arnold now, and if he likes you. Um, what was that like, the first meeting? Well, it's funny. So the next Arnold Classic was just 2014. So, um, you know, I always wanted to MC the Arnold Classic. I always wanted to be like Arnold. Wanted to do yeah, he's your freak, because he was your idol. Yeah, man. So you must have been freaking so, the fuck out. So years earlier, I'd, had, I'd paid like the extra 50 to have a photo with him, but yeah. he's not going to remember me. And, and that's happened a couple of times. So I'm like, I'd just fucking be cool if he just knew who I was. Yeah, yeah. And then wonder if he even remember my name. And then if we could be business partners and then mates. Fucking, anyway. So Does he really have donkeys at his house? Yeah. He's got a, a miniature donkey and a miniature horse. Whis- <laughs> whiskey, whiskey and Lulu. Yeah, I've seen it. He loves, it. He loves yeah, his yeah. donkeys. Yeah. Yeah. He loves animals. It. Anyway. And I've been to, on safaris with him in, in Africa several times, private ones, and cool shit. You know, stuff I couldn't have thought up, you know. Um, so I go to Columbus to meet with Arnold. What I didn't know was that there was teams, so there's, there was Africa looking at it, there was China looking at it, we already had Brazil, we already had Spain and America, and the Australian thing. So I had a new suit made, I'm all ready to go meet Arnold at this this launch. And we get there and Jim Lorimer made a speech. He said, I'm, you know, I'm going to ask every one of the partners from the world to have their representative say why they should be the Arnold partner. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. So I go into this, this room and there's six tables set up, one for each continent with 10 chairs at each table and knives and forks and plates and fucking everything. <laughs> and there's a little sign on the thing, Africa, uh, Asia, S- Europe, and there's one with Australia. And I realised everyone else had a fucking team of you, 10. Are you on, on your own? own. <laughs> <laughs> you're a table of 10 on your own. <laughs> so I walked in and I went, fuck! You know, uh, like, what's going on? Fuck. I'm so, from Australia. <laughs> well, I, I went in, you know, kind of confident, you know, yeah. new suit, looking sharp, fucking whatever. Fuck. Fuck this up. Flatten your right out. Fuck this up. And then Jim Lorimer said, we're going to have everyone from one from each table make a speech. I'm like, well, fuck. Well, it's me. And I've done, you know, I've emceed shows now and interviewed for years before that. It's the first time I ever got nervous. Then Arnold walks in, comes past my table, goes, what are you doing now on your own? I'm like, fuck it. That's my whole team. Fuck that. He goes, come and sit at my table. So I went and sat next to him and we're chatting while the speech is running. He goes, right, your turn. And it was a Chinese guy before me. He was a really angry guy, and he didn't have English, and he had an interpreter. I don't know what the fuck was going on. But he's like, <laughs> he was angry. He was angry. Well, you can tell from the tone of his voice. Come to I can't my speak place. Chinese, fuck. but it was like, just <laughs> <laughs> fucking up. Right? No, no, he's making this speech, and he goes, "All right, then we have Tony come up from Australia." So I just got up and I just what'd you just, say? Just showed my passion, man. Yeah. I just go, look, I don't have the biggest budget. I don't have government support. I don't have an education or a whole lot of fucking money. I said, but I promise you this. I said, I can outwork everyone in this room. I said, I'll go home tomorrow if you give me this opportunity. And it, it, it was 360, uh, 360 days because ours was a week after Columbus. It's 360 days. 
Look straight down, I said, give him my word, I'll go to work every single day and I'll work my ass off and I'll make this the best event we've ever seen. And uh, I went back to the table, everyone clapped, you know, he gave me a big hug, it was a fantastic speech, he goes, welcome welcome to the team. Do you you like going on safari? (laughs) Would you like to meet my donkey? (laughs) That was later. Uh, We're going to be great friends. And then, um, you know, uh, up until we got locked up, I went to every single Arnold Classic in the world for seven years, I travelled with him whether I was doing his personal security, whether I was doing his interviewing, and I got to interview him, which was my dream, all over the world, the one-on-one stuff. And that was pretty cool because he'd open up a little bit more each time and I got to visit his office and, you know, check out, like, his office, he's got the statue of the Terminator, Mr. Freeze, all the different oh, characters. No <laughs> I got to, you know, hang on to the shotgun from the Terminator, oh, the, the sword from Conan. Yeah, oh, the sword from Conan? Shit I couldn't have dreamt up, honestly. He gave wow. me the greatest opportunity Do you meet Stallone? Life. I've met Stallone he's, briefly. He's um, a great guy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. And met, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, <laughs> for me, it was just a handshake. But he goes, he does go to Arnold's um, charity. He has these poker events for charity and stuff. I don't go to them because you've got to pay like 15 grand. I'm like, I'm going to be his business partner. Yeah. But, but I have met some cool people through him, seriously, like um, you know, Jason Statham and, and, and uh, the Rock at the Olympia a few times. Uh-huh. And, and some of his, um, you know, uh, his closest friends. And I've you know, got to go to a few parties at his house and I've been driving in his tank and just done stuff that, he, you know, the in, 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 inner circle shit. Which yeah, is really well, I cool. mean, they're, they're, geez, that's, which, that's uh, the which all action here on your yeah. couch, man, mm-hmm. in a gym. Well, that's, that's but, but dreaming, right? Using that time fairy tale to, ending, yeah. to have this vision, right? Yeah. And, you know, I'm like, shit, imagine if I would smoke a cigar with Arnold one day. I've smoked that many fucking cigars with Arnold in every continent, sure, on safaris, man. up towers, in luxury restaurants yep. and it, it's just you know it's just really never uh, never stop believing never stop dreaming and no. and keep work and work yeah, that's yeah, the that's well, the and, biggest and, and, you know, the big, and don't complain and don't complain you know no one gives a fuck at the end mm. of the day and that's why through the lockdowns I was able we started out to, to remain positive because yeah, I thought I'm not going to let it break me you mm. know I've been through worse than this mm. and nothing like this but really worse than this and and, you know, I, I just think you focus on what you can do, not what you can't do, always. So after all that, you, you've been business business partners with Arnie for how long now? Since, well, that meeting was 2014. What, what's come, after the lockdown, what's coming up? Really happy to have the gyms opening again. We've done a shop down at Albert Park for like proteins and coffees in case we go in lockdown again. Um, I want to start doing more of this kind of thing, some podcasts. I want to start like, you, my Relentless Momentum talks again, yeah. which is like a motivational shit. Um, and just well, tell us about that the relentless momentum talks. You, well, you go around the country yeah, motivating so people. So I right? do a thing where people, you know, pay to come and hear my life story. So I tell them that one hour of you know the sleeping on the couch stories and the meeting Arnold, all the stuff we've talked about here. Um, then then I do like an hour of things I've learned that you can't learn on university or from a book or from Google, like mm-hmm. real life shit, like yep. hard knock stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. like. Just the stuff that you really need for that level of resilience, the stuff we've talked about, like don't ask someone to do something you wouldn't do yourself, you know, focus on what you can do. I, I, I just think from when I was a kid, I, I just, and I learned this during the Relentless Momentum stuff, that you know, people would say, when did you realise you just weren't like the other kids? And I always tell the story that my, my grandmother, when I was really, really young, just pulled me aside and she said, kid, you've got the gift of the gab, you can go anywhere, you've got to get out of this town. And she said, I'll tell you this, don't listen nervous she goes don't listen to your parents don't listen to your school teachers don't wow. let anyone talk you out of what you're destined to be you're a visionary your grandmother and I'm like I was seven or something I'm and yeah. then a couple of years later she did it again I'm like she doesn't say that to the other kids maybe this 
burning I've got in here, there's something with it. And she picked it, you know, and it was – and I only learned that from doing my weird question and answers at my seminars where someone yeah, one day crazy. said, when did you know? I'm like, give me a minute. Incredible story. So what do you think about the, the bodybuilders today? Like they're massive today, man. Like well, it, you know they are, yeah. but but hey, can yeah. I can I ask? Is, 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 do you think the nineties era is? Because I think nineties the nineties era is arguably the best quality. Well, so you're like me; you're a bodybuilding aficionado, so it, you, you actually get it. Yeah, I think um, that that early nineties was incredible. Better than I, I today? When, are they bigger? Were they not bigger? bigger? Not bigger. Quality. Because now they're quality. just like now they're mammoths. They're, they're like they're, they're, they're like um, huge fucking juggernauts, man. Well, they were big then, but they also had this detail. And Andrew knows yeah, we what are, we're we talking are pretty about. big. Um, but, but if you look back at those <laughs> those early 90s, you know, these guys ha- had this detail, you know, that thin skin and that. Yeah. Like I was there when Dorian Yates won his first Olympia and I'm like, he looks like he's carved out of granite. You know, he, he, he was, he, he's yeah. a case. And I got to, so you got to interview him. I got to interview Ronnie Coleman probably 50 times. Ronnie Coleman. And Ronnie I mean, Coleman. People, you know, when people look at bodybuilding, right, the people that don't understand it. I mean, I'm not a bodybuilder, but I understand it. You know, they always say, oh, mate, they're all on steroids. Yeah, they're on steroids, but. Fuck man, they lift like eight hours a day. They eat fucking. But you look at the ten the, kilos of chicken and rice, and you know, f- eight meals a day. It's like a, it's hundred percent full dedication. Never turn off. But, right? but to, add, to add to that, they like also need genetic. They need to be genetically gifted. Genetically it doesn't gifted, matter. Right? You yeah, can no. do it all you want. If you're not genetically right. gifted, you're not. And then you get it. someone with a work ethic and a hunger, and someone who'd been poor, dirt poor, like Ronnie Coleman. The yeah. best genetics we've ever seen. So, 1998, he won his first Olympia, and he wasn't even favourite. He was ninth year before. Yeah, man, there was no touching him, you know. And and then in, it, right through, so that period, right through to 2003, you know, and he had like Flex Wheeler and Chris Cormier and best, Can I say beautiful it? bodies. But yeah. this is one. I was interviewing Ronnie once, and it was after 2003. Remember that one? He looked like a silverback. He had no skin. He was 296 pounds. Yeah, he was insane. And I said, Ronnie, I said that. Is anyone ever going to beat? I don't think we're going to see anything like that in the next twenty years. Is anyone going to beat that Ronnie Coleman in two thousand three? This was—I remember in two thousand five—I was interviewing him, and he looked at me and goes, "Yeah, nope, no, nobody's going to beat that." Yeah, yeah. What about you? Like he goes, "Huh, no, nope, not me either." <laughs> <laughs> and he just knew they did something crazy that year that we still mm. haven't seen. Yeah, so it was twenty years ago. Yeah, he really. Uh, was, I watched they. Uh, I watched yeah, something sorry, on Ronnie. Uh, where he was, he he was competing and not touching anything. Ninety, yeah, ninety three, right? I think. So he, he was, was, and he he, he went, he, he yeah, and he was ranking like seventh or sixth or whatever it was, natural. Yeah, he was on the pro circuit for years, natural. He didn't even know yeah. what it was, he didn't and know then what he went was. to someone, Flex Wheeler, Flex, Flex Wheeler, Wheeler and Flex on. is like, man, you want to get to that next level, but and he got on it, and then he was like, he just smashed everyone, exactly. like absolutely. But to compete completely natural. In, in that, I mean, well, in any sport, I mean, let's 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 go all the way. Like, yes. no one thought cyclists and swimmers were on drugs. Fuck. Well, those guys wrote the book. I mean, those cyclists. <laughs> look, at, look at the Tour de France. That's not human. Oh, get up man. and fucking ride up those hills day after day after day. All natural. Because people, no, you've got yeah. a beating drug tests. Absolutely. Yes. Until until they got the technology to retest all that shit. Because people you think know. steroids big. No, no, it's endurance. It's there's all types of. And on yeah. that note, we want to play a game with yes. you. Let's go. And it goes like this. Natty or steroids? Discussions. Discussions, 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 discussions. <laughs> <laughs> 
laughed. Oh, we tried to keep it together, but we, we lost it. <laughs> we, tried, we, we, we tried to keep it together three or four times, but uh, we couldn't, so we just leave the laughing. <laughs> so, funny you mentioned that about all sports and everything, that, you know, and we want to, what the game is, we want to review uh, athletes or people uh, and then discuss whether they are natty. Or steroids. What does natty mean? Natural. Natural. Uh, well, it could what, be what, steroids what, or just drugs in general. What, what could, I, I had no idea what um, you were saying. But it, okay, I'm, I'm natty. Let's, let's right. go Excuse steroids. Me, quick, no. Can we just do... All right. Oh, oh, could, could it be natty or just drugs? Yeah, drugs, that's, that's everyone, 100%. Just drugs. That'll do. All right, let's That'll go. do. Let's now, go. Just, just, just for all the, 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 the people that want to sue us, we're just playing here. We don't really know. Thank you. Are we just discussing what... speculation. speculation. We're not accusing anyone We're of not anything. accusing. We're not can, okay. can we have a tinker? Okay, we're on the first one. Up there. We've got He's up there for you. Mark Wahlberg from from Pain and Gain. He's just jacked as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> the interesting thing about this one was that it, this was a role for um it's like a true story about uh what happened? They robbed him, yeah, him and two the people they robbed, they robbed somewhere robbed and whatever. But he was like it was Jack then. Really skinny before that. Not skinny, but... Yeah, he might have had a little help. <laughs> You've got to realise, these guys live a little in another bit of world yeah. and, and they've got, you know, they've got nutritionists and doctors Absolutely. and people who monitor their health and their hormone Chefs. levels and America's a different place. Next. Yeah. Next. Yep. <laughs> okay. What have we got? All right, who's next? Boom, boom. Ooh, oh, far Phelps. out, man. That's Phelps. Phelps. Now, this is interesting. That's He's Michael a swimmer. Phelps. Okay. Michael Phelps. The American There's nonsense. a case of... I'd say I don't know if that's steroids, but you're definitely taking something. It's shredding, right? Like right. hell, shredding. Right? But to to get that lean and maintain that muscle mass, and to do all those fucking laps, doesn't he? He holds you know, the most Olympic that's not medals, most, ever. The most gold yeah. gold medals at any one yeah. Olympic Games. Michael Phelps, well, that, 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 he's ripped. He does not look. He looks like a greyhound, man. Right. It well, does, no, he? no body fat, but he's maintained muscle and he's swimming all those laps. That's right. So I'd suggest he's taking a little something. A little okay. something. A little okay. something. Some. Well, I would. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll lean towards that. More probably the Whoa. cycling kind of drugs. Oh, there's our mate. Chris Hemsworth. Chris, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth. Jesus. Jesus. Holy Jack. Lord. He's, he's, he's an Aussie, man. He's natural. He's, he's natural. Yeah. <laughs> he's just. It's Aussie. It's like our swimmers. We've got the best water, the best sun. Ever. Yeah. Think about our swimmers, right? And this is – I'm going to get fucking trouble for saying this. But <laughs> remember when the Chinese broke those world records? They come and look at the fucking – The Chinese, Chinese ladies. They're, they're jacked. They look like yes. the, the Germans in the 70s. How can they be breaking all these world records, which <coughs> we previously held? Next minute, we broke all those records again, just with fresh air and skinny Australians. Yeah. Oh, wow. Chinese is records. The, it doesn't make a lot of sense when you think of it. They've got more swimmers than we've got people. I know, <laughs> and we hold at the moment I think seven out of the last ten. We really world do produce world class swimmers, Very hockey players. Why Chris Hemsworth is natural? That's, That's right, he's natural. I love him. Natural. Oh, he's oh, an interesting. Oh, he's an interesting. Oh, one. Jogan. Oh, we know Ray Jogan's on something, don't we? He's um, on growth, isn't he? Well, I think he's been pretty open about being on what we call HRT, hormone replacement therapy. Right. right. So what happened? You know, the women started living fifteen years longer than men, and they this is in in. in uh, particularly California in the, I guess, uh, late 80s, early 90s. And the men said, well, hang on, they take hormone replacement therapy. What about us? And they started setting up growth hormone clinics and testosterone clinics on every corner. And it's completely normal now when you're over 40 
in America, go to your doctor and they go, all right, well, we're not going to give you like amounts that an elite athlete would take, but we're going to give you amounts to keep you health, healthy yeah. and virile and, and stop you being a grumpy quality. prick. And, yeah. you know, and, and it's called the anti-aging movement. Ooh, and it's like that. huge, yeah. huge. Yes, yes. It, that's so only Joe's anti-aging for sure. <laughs> oh, well, look at it. Wow. Far out. Hugh, he's, o- he's, he's Aussie as well. That's Hugh's natural. Another guy, he's all right. Hugh Jackman. That's, that's just from surfing. That's natural. It's all right. Yeah, he's, he just he's surfs Aussie, a lot. But that he's guy. a little weird. Beer. I just, I, I, we met his. Um, I think he might be his wife. We met his it. wife just. Recently. <laughs> you think so? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I think maybe a little <laughs> bit there. Yeah, yeah. We saw that the, f- the first picture is from the first one. The first one. Mm. Oh, They're far actually getting right. better at the older. It's a fair transformation. But see, this could be this could be hormone replacement. Hormone too. replacement as well. So yeah. So there'd be like a little bit of growth hormone, a little bit of testosterone. Perhaps mm. I'm just mm. guessing, but I don't um, I think there's more than that in there. There's Joe. <laughs> Who have we got next? Uh, no, go. there he is. <laughs> the guy approaching his fifties. I love him. He's wow. close. He's close to fifty now, he's right? Huge. All right. Let's well, look I'm, at the I'm going to go on a limb. I'm going to say, in his defence, and, and I've met him a few times, and, and I know he's. <laughs> Actually, know his nutritionist and some of his training partners, and I want to bring him out here to do an expo one day. So, very nice. I'm going to say, it now. but what I would say about The Rock is that, you know, he he never misses a workout. Yeah, I watch. He will be on the set till three in the morning, and he'll go to the gym at four and start again at six. And his motto is that no one can outwork him. And I, I believe that he is one of if the hardest working person I've ever seen. Mm. And he's got a full time nutritionist. He's got you know people there to cook for him. But he's a fucking savage. I mean, think about how many things he's succeeded in you know, from wrestling. He's like the new Arnold. Like Arnold did bodybuilding, politics, uh, um, and acting. Whereas this guy's done, you know, wrestling and acting. And he's yeah. got now a tequila company, an energy drink company. Yeah, he's he's just started everything. the XFL. He's a walking he's, billboard. He, 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 he's incredible. But um, I think to maintain that, he's probably got, you know, maybe an anti aging doctor. He'd have a team. <laughs> exactly. He'd have a team of people. Maybe. Now, he wouldn't be in the bathroom by himself going in the mirror going, Mate, oh, where's my ass cheek? They'd be injecting him <laughs> while he sleeps. Right. You know, he'd be, well, he'd that way he goes, I didn't see a thing. Yeah, exactly. Which, by the way, we don't condone any of this. Absolutely no, not. We're just, we're just discussing. No, but look, I'll, I'll go out on a limb and I'll say, look, <coughs> Australia, we're really backward in talking about this and talking about it as a positive thing for people's health because mm. men in the States are now living. Ten years longer than they were yeah. twenty years ago. But that's the anti. That's the aging. Anti aging. Yeah. But anti aging can give you that kind of look. Of course. Like if you do that with nutrition and never miss your workouts, and your hormone levels don't, because mm. over forty they just crash. Yeah. yeah. And that's why people you know start getting fat and they can't recover as, as well. Absolutely. So so I, I I think it should be open for discussion. I think mm. doctors should be able to prescribe here. But so many doctors here are terrified. Of oh, being yes. ostracised mm, or losing mm, their licence, whatever, and you can do it, you know. And, yeah. you know I'll be open. I've done it. I, you know, I think that um, after forty, you should do it, unless mm. as long as you do it under medical supervision. Yeah, medical supervision. Mm. And medical the problem's been, I think, with drugs in sport in general, is that people are, are listening to idiots, or they're getting information from Google, and then a young bit of kids bro are science, doing a lot of bro science yeah. going then, on, and then yeah. kids yeah. read and see this stupid shit because there seems to be a trend lately where people are going to be all open about it and, and tell about these stupid dosages and st- stupid, dangerous stuff they take. Mm. Whereas if you could actually go to your, your family doctor and say, "Hey, I want to excel in some kind of sport or whatever," um, I mean, you look at the Olympics. I'm sorry, yeah, but that's all tested. It's all natural. Fucking is it hell. really? How many? It's, it's, no. who, it's who can beat the Come no, on. testing? Man, those, it's the some m- of those countries. You know, they're so far ahead of the drug testers. Yeah. Um. There's some, some <coughs> movies and shit. You just watch some of those films that that have exposed 
what goes on. We're talking about Stallone. No, I he's, saw he's, he's natural. He's, <laughs> 70, what is he, 70? He's natural. Natural? Stallone's natural. natural. He's Italian, it's Italian he's, genetics. Yeah, he's, he's almost 80, right? Yeah, yeah no. He's, he's on creatine. Remember when he creatine got caught, and protein. No, no, yeah, he he got, got remember he got caught bringing um, growth hormone to Australia and it was under prescription. No, no, no. Yeah. So they couldn't take it no, off him, no, but they did. It wasn't. It was It was. It was spinach. And creatine. From Popeye. It was spinach. But they deported him. I love you. And that's why he'll never come here again. back again. That's so sad. Have we finished the game? Is there one more? That's, that's it. it. We're done. That's okay. it. We're done. Tone, we could sit here and talk to you for another hour, but we don't want to take to get that much back. of your time. We're going to have to get you back for I'd a part two. I'd love to come back. We're going to have to get some other stuff. We've got so, so much to talk about. Can, so. can I just say, look, on behalf of all your mates and followers and stuff, we're just so proud of what you guys have done. Oh, Seriously. Man. Thanks, dude. You reckon yeah. I come out of the pandemic? Well, you guys come out fucking unbelievable. You know what? And, and thank you for inviting me to your show at the Rod Laver Arena. But when I walked in there, and it was the first sold out venue I'd seen in ages, I'm like, shit. Should have done that expo, but <laughs> when I walked in there, honestly, and, and watched the show, which was fantastic, but the level of pride I had knowing where you guys have come from and um, how you've had to back yourself and believe in yourself and fucking give up your jobs and, and just yeah. fucking put all the chips in, burn the, the boat literally to, to do what you're doing and then to see you have these sellout tours of Australia and the fans you've got and the fact that you're fucking killing it, I, I just couldn't be more proud to Thanks, know you to be, oh, to, be, much, time, to be part of your circle. Man, you seriously. should know what it's like because yeah, I, I didn't know your story today yeah. uh, up until today. You know, so you know it takes hard work, and you got to keep working at it. People say to us, "Oh, how do you? How can I get videos and get followers and stuff?" And we say it takes five years, and they go, "Oh, fuck, I don't want it." To fight. Right, yeah. but it does. It Down takes time. You got to yeah. put. You got to work. Yeah. Every overnight success story is ten years <laughs> in the making. Exactly. That's right. Yeah. 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 Bullshit. It so takes twenty. Take off my hat to you guys. Nah, I, thanks, I know how far you've come, Thank you, man. and how much it takes just not to fucking quit. It's, just that simple, but you're rocking. I'm, I'm just really proud to be here and Thanks, proud of man. you three. Really, can you come back again? Can you come back another time, please? Part two. Let's do yeah. it. Again. I, won't, I won't eat any prawns as well, mate. No <laughs> fucking prawns ever. <laughs> you know what? I haven't eaten a bastard since I was on that prawn trawl. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the chemicals they put them in. It's bad. Yeah, no, I'm staying away. But thanks heaps. That's Tony Doherty. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you. Please do us a favor. Follow. Press the bell for notification when an episode drops and give us a five-star review. Don't give us a newspaper. And follow me too, Tony Doherty. Follow Tony Doherty. Follow Tony. Tony Doherty at Tony Doherty. Everything. Go to Doherty's gyms across Australia. Eat spinach. Thank you so much. Five-star rating. Five-star rating. Stallone is definitely on steroids. Follow Tony Doherty. And Stallone is natural. A lot of steroids. Bye-bye. Joe's going to the doctor. Hey guys, Daniel here, aka Shit Jamie, to read out some credits. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sushi Mango Saucy Meatballs podcast. If you like the show, make sure you're following it by tapping follow on the podcast profile page and giving it a rating. This podcast is produced by Head On Media and is a Spotify exclusive. Our next episode will be out in a week. Don't forget you can listen and watch the full episodes exclusively on Spotify. Spotify.